This is season two of Better With Headphones. We were away for a wee while. Letty's get to know us a wee bit for the first season. We go covered some topics. We had the Bad Bands Battle Royale, the Kanye West Excursion Experience, and now we are back. The same four boys, the same four bits of banter, same shit. Shut up, Aiden. Shut the fuck up. Shut up, Aiden. We're so sick of you. We don't understand why you keep referring to yourself as a horny little pirate, but we don't question it, so just shut up. You sack of shit, Aiden. <laughs> you horny little pirate. <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen at home, you might notice that I am not in this episode, and that's because I died. And the government have artificially recreated my brain in a big computer, so it's just my brain in a septic tank. And uh, they've uh, they've loaned me out to the boys for half an hour, so here we are. I like to think that Frank's going to come back and listen to this and be like, "Who the fuck is that?" <laughs> <laughs> this this episode has been recorded very weird. So we've recorded. The, the, first of all, Frank Turner is on the episode. Woo! Frank fucking Turner is here to discuss his new album, upcoming tours, Will Alice, Frightened Rabbit, Grassroots Music. Amongst and food, of course, of course, of course. the Can't food. Yeah, the food. This episode has been recorded very weirdly. We've already recorded the interview with Frank. We've done the outro of the interview. Aiden's recorded the start of the intro of this show, and now we're recording after Aiden's <laughs> intro. It's like Quentin Tarantino wrote this. No, it's like it's all been Frankenstein together. <laughs> Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Or Frankenstein. <laughs> Frankenstein's monster, actually. Frankenstein was the dog. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. I didn't read the book. I don't need fucking... It's a big green man. I don't care. So, like I said at the start of the show, this is season two. We're back. We had a wee break. Restrictions have been eased a wee bit, so Aiden's now back at work. It's hard to get time. Lewis mm-hmm. is working. Hard to get time. Uh, working for the government. Kieran wrote a new song. Recorded that, released it within 12 hours. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. It's a really good fucking song. Go, what's the song called, Kieran? Where can you find it? Uh, sitting inside, it's on my SoundCloud. Uh, you'd need to go on. Ooh, I, I, if you follow me on social media, you'll find it. If not, I'm at Kieran Brow on Twitter. <laughs> Plugging myself. And we'll play it on the show next week. Good uh, little uh, plug there as well. We now have an Instagram page. Oh, yes. BWH Podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about, like, you know, just like world issues, what Aiden's eating, where Kieran is staying for the night, because God knows he moves about a lot. This upcoming season, we'll be having 27 Club discussing the strokes, Catfish in the Bottom Moon, and. Whoever else, maybe another, maybe another guest in the future. Maybe I'm Possibly. really not looking forward to the catfish in the bottom episode. 
I don't think Catfish and the Bottlemen are either, or either they're fans because they've got nothing to look forward to anymore. After that <laughs> <laughs> As you say, we'll get into that shit. <laughs> Let's jump into why we are here, the Frank Turner episode. But before that, we've got his brand new song, The Gathering, and that is playing now. The first time that the beat drops in the bar is going to be biblical. The second that the sing-along starts, it'll be sensational. Yeah, not too shabby. Doing many interviews today, and it's a glorious sunny day outside. But otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> I just Good. just spent the day out in the sun here, and <laughs> it's meant to rain the next two days in Glasgow. So we are soaking it up the canyon. Right? Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I've been high. I've been high. I've been hibernating. <laughs> I'm really hungover. <laughs> Good work. Thanks, thanks, mate. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I must admit, I had one tequila last night, and then was like, I need to not drink more of these because I've got to do work tomorrow. So I managed to hold it together. <laughs> I love how you knew that after one. Though. You had one tequila, and you're like, this is gonna get out of hand. Well, it was just, it was very, very delicious. Do you know what I mean, <laughs> it was a little bit too delicious. It was like, mm, damn I think that's this. the problem with most alcohols, isn't it? Yeah. You're just like, mm, I can't handle tequila. I've had it once and passed out at a bathroom floor. I can't handle any form of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> apparently not um, yeah just 
Well, thank you very much for agreeing to do this and coming on to the show. My pleasure. Well, Thanks for having me. So, I just want to see, how's your lockdown been? Uh, pretty fucked, to be honest. I mean, like, <laughs> well, I don't know. It's funny. It's like, it's, um, I mean, it's not been a monolithic experience. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's been, um, uh, there's been many different phases of it. And like the beginning of it was pretty horrendous, to be honest, because it's like somebody found the off switch for my life. Um, felt a bit like getting fired. Do you know what I mean? It was just like, no, you can't do your job anymore. Um, and that was difficult, obviously, financially, but it was difficult um, kind of in terms of identity and that kind of thing as well. And then, you know, like everybody, you kind of find a piece of it, try and find a rhythm with it after a time. And, um, you know, I got my lockdown projects on the go and that sort of business. Um, put out some music, made some music, wrote albums, recorded albums, so on and so forth. Um, and now we're hopefully on the upslope sort of coming out the other end of it, but who knows? Um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's been, it's been a strange old time. Yeah. Well, I know you've got, uh, you know how much yeah. shows you've played in your career. So how many have you played so far? I don't, I, well, I know because it's, it's, there's a list on my website and what I do is I look at that list before I open my mouth, which <laughs> I haven't currently done. It's, it's 2,500 and something. Um, that's all I can tell you at this point. I know, not least, I know that because we did a big show for t show 2,500, uh, a big live stream uh, last year. Yeah. So it's more than 2,500. Even just being able to say that. <laughs> Keep them busy. You've got the download festival coming up in two weeks. Yes, yeah, which is very exciting. Um, among other things, me and my band have to rehearse um, because we haven't even like been in the same room for an extremely long time. So we've got to remember how the songs go. Uh, but we've got rehearsals booked, so that should be right. It's very exciting. I'm very. I feel very honoured to be asked to be part of it. I think it should be um, medium historic. Well, one of the other names I've seen that was playing was. Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes and Aiden's yes. down here <laughs> thought this was Frank Carter coming on. <laughs> Does that happen I'm a lot? Sure. You can you can you can join the hallowed halls of the enemy journalists who seem to think we're the same person. Um uh which is in, just increasingly irritating. Um uh and Fra Frank's a good dude, he's a friend of mine, he's a lovely guy. Um uh but uh we are different people. Uh, <laughs> so uh but yeah, nice nice too, great musician. I make that mistake so many times in life, not just with you, Frank, just for like <laughs> just mistaking just mistaking random people for Frank Carter. Yeah, just all the time. All the time. Yeah. No, He's no, quite a visually all... distinctive man. <laughs> I know it's it's because Right. <laughs> that just shows you Aiden's I'm intelligence. All comedy That's and that. wit, nothing. Else. Right. That's my niche. Okay. Barely comedy. And more than that, and I'm <laughs> barely comedy. Yeah. We well, just got compared to an wet. NME journalist, so you can take yeah. That. Take that how how it'd be like, yeah. The best compliment I've had in the past three days. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got uh, just released a new song, The Gathering. Yes. How did the song come about? With obviously it's about COVID, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, kind of. Although, I mean, so I've got this a bit of a theory that the world is going to be plagued by lockdown songs for a little bit. And there's kind of understandable reasons for that. I mean, you know, songwriters react to the world around them. And there's been this big pandemic going on. I don't know if you know. Um, so it's kind of understandable people write about it. At the same time, I'm kind of dubious as to whether like, you know, in summer 2022, people are going to want to get their rocks off to a song about being locked in your house, if we're not locked in our houses anymore. Um, so you know, I did. I've and I like. I did a record last summer called Buddies Two with my friend John Snodgrass, and there's some lockdown songs in there. But that was written, recorded, and released during lockdown, so that seemed kind of legit to me. But so it's kind of a yeah, it's sort of a lockdown song, but it's about looking forward. 
and about sort of trying to be, you know, look to getting back to what we've all missed. And there's definitely a sense for me in the last year of, I can't really not quote Joni Mitchell right now, so forgive me that, but like, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. And I feel like I took a lot of kind of live music and live music culture for granted in the last, uh, well, in life before March last year. And, um, you know, so it's a song about just kind of celebrating that. And then like, I, I, I always knew that like live music was central to my kind of like existence, but like it's been rammed home to me, like how much in, in the last year of not being able to be part of that in any way. Um, so it's a celebration song, do you know what I mean? And, and, and I'm hoping that it's not one that's going to be forever tied to this moment in time, as in I hope that I can still play it shows in like 10 years time when this is all just a horrible memory. Yeah. How have you, how have you found uh, your writing process through the lockdown as well? Uh, it's up and down. I mean, there was a thing right at the beginning where loads of people kind of started saying, well, you know, if you're a creative person, at least, you know, there's no time to write with no distractions. And I was like, well, there's one distraction. It's a fucking pandemic going on. I mean, <laughs> so, I mean that's, that's reasonably exactly. distracting. Um, and uh, I mean, I definitely, you know, there, there was, there. I had different periods. I had periods of being completely paralyzed and I had periods of writing a shitload. Certainly, like, I, I was kind of 10 songs into writing a record, um, before the pandemic was a twinkle in anybody's eye um and was sort of planning on writing another five and calling it a day i ended up writing like another 20 after that so i had a lot of material to choose from for the new record which is cool because it means it'll be a better album now um and some of the ones that haven't made the cut i'm like yes that's a terrible song so you know. <laughs> uh victory do you know what i mean um but like yeah it's been it's been it's been strange i mean doing everything remotely is there's some benefits to it, do you know what I mean? Like in terms of like some of the records that I made, like the John Snowgrass record or the, I produced the Beans and Toast record, stuff like that. You know, like um, for example, I have a, a friend of mine lives in Sweden and has a horn section. Kind of that's what yeah. he does. And if I need horns on the record, I email him and he sends them <laughs> back over. And it's like fuck me, this is so much easier than trying to book a horn section to come into a studio. I just send you an email and then you send me what I need back again. So there's definitely been some benefits to it. Um, but yeah, it's just been weird yeah. generally. What have you what, what have you done to keep? Because obviously, what have you done? Yeah, what, <laughs> what have you done? Um, what like? Because obviously, your life was like basically put on hold like quite a lot of things yeah. in this kind of industry. So, what did you do to yeah. keep yourself occupied? Over did you find any sort of like? Did you go back to any sort of like childlike uh, habits like playing the PlayStation forty hours a day? <laughs> no, I, I've I've never. I I the last time I was engaged in any gaming in a serious way, I was playing a Master System. Okay. So uh, I did complete Sonic 2 on the Master System, but that was an extremely long time ago. Um, I, I, The main thing that I've done in the last year and a half is got into kind of Sonic engineering, audio engineering, audio production, mixing, all that sort of business, making records essentially, mm -hmm. which is the thing I never really aspired to do particularly before. And I had some kind of passing knowledge of it, but it was like I needed a lockdown project like everybody. So I started learning how to use compressors properly and like mix and engineer and... Uh -huh that sort of business i ended up moving house i moved out of london which is a surprise to me still because when for most of my adult life i've said i'd never leave and now i live in essex um but you know partly that was financial um because london's expensive uh but it's also it enabled me to have the space to build a studio and set up kind of a new business almost as it were so like i'm mixing and making records for other bands now and it's awesome and i love it and i've got look i'll show you loads of toys oh, there they are. um and uh you know um i've got very very into kind of like the niceties of like side chaining and that yeah, sort of yeah. shit so um 
Yeah. My wife's thoroughly, thoroughly fucking bored of hearing about it because she doesn't care at all. Uh, but I've had no one else to talk to. So if you guys want to talk about side chaining, I'm here. Um, we'll drop, but we'll uh, some details. We'll, we'll, hit, we'll hit you up about that. Okay, yeah, wicked. Podcast, yeah. And yeah, there's yeah. some speedest horns if you've got any as well. Yeah. Yes, I can arrange that. Yes, I'll get I'll get them involved as well. I feel like you've always been quite a workaholic. Was it uh, eight albums with the ninth coming up soon? Yeah. And 13 EPs or something like that? Is it's it? something, I mean, slightly depends how you count, but yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been busy. I, 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 I am, uh, yeah, maybe workaholic's the word. I don't know. I like, I, 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 I'm not very good at being idle. Um, uh, and like, generally speaking, in my life, the moments when I've been idle is when I get into um, unhealthy habits, would be a way of putting it. Mm. And uh, so it's better for me if I'm occupied doing something. Um, the last year's been quite strange because like a lot of people have been like, oh my God, you've been so busy over lockdown. And it's like, I haven't been, I've been less busy than I usually am, but it's just that usually my busyness is geographically specified. So I go and be busy at the people of Berlin for a bit and then I go and be busy at the people of Paris or whatever, and which gives everyone else a break. And because the, the internet's sort of theoretically universal, it just means that everything I'm doing has been going out through one channel. So lots of people have been like, oh my God, you're so busy. But I'm not, I've not been as busy as I usually am. Yeah, I watched a few of your live streams that we were doing. The one for Tiny Changes as well was really good. Yes, yeah. Covering stuff like that. Uh, I just want to ask about your uh, songwriting process because Kieran's a songwriter mm. as well. So have you got any tips for inspiring anything songwriters got, or how you do it? You've got, I'll take it. Listen, listen, listen to country music forever. Um, and I'm not even kidding. Like, just get <laughs> get the fuck involved with George Jones and Loretta Lynn and Tammy Wynette and oh, that sort of crew. Yeah, but I mean the the perfection. Listen to Chris Christopherson all day, every day, until you know how to play all of it. Um, I don't know. Like songwriting, it's an ephemeral thing in many ways. Like there's not really any kind of like shortcuts to it. Um, write a lot. Listen to stuff that you're not familiar with. Um, and I mean for me, I just like learning songs. I don't mean learning how to play the fucking guitar solo. No one cares about that. But like <laughs> just learning the root. Really, that was learn the root. Aimed at me there. Did someone did, <laughs> did someone just let Frank know that that's all I do? In life? All right. Okay. Well, no, no, no. I mean, okay. Okay. Well, now I feel like an arsehole, don't I? Um, but no, but but seriously, like like the the you know, I learn how to. I figure out the root chords and changes on if I hear a song that I like, even like on the radio there's a part of my mind that's just like parsing what the chord changes are and um you sit down with a guitar and to figure it out and you know that's i find that really useful because it just gives you it's like looking under the hood do you know what i mean and and you get a look at the inside of it and i find myself kind of going through phases of really studying certain songwriters i went through a phase of figuring out every abba song for example and by the way abba are the single fucking greatest pop songwriters that ever existed and if you disagree with that statement you have no idea what you're talking about they have to look at him shaking his head well let's put it this way their first single waterloo starts with a root chord and then goes to the major second it's just like it's against the rules of traditional songwriting and yet it's fucking genius it changes key about four times in the first verse and pre-chorus it's a fucking staggering piece of work um anyway but like you know when i went through a phase of learning loads of regina specter songs um and i went through a phase of learning a lot of chris christopherson songs and just not necessarily learning like I'm going to play them at a gig and I can remember how they go forever. But, it, you know, in the process of kind of soaking that up and actually physically putting it in your fingers, you kind of or if you play piano or whatever you do, like you learn more about how a thing is put together. 
and if, the more of that you do at a certain point it's like the bit in the matrix when you start seeing the, num the numbers at the end it's like you get a better sort of feel for the songwriting as a holistic concept that's divorced from genre and that was a fancy sentence <laughs> that's a voice clip right there we'll just that's it. right there you go <laughs> you know it's a good sentence right when you only really understand about 70 percent of it <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't mean like on like an. I don't mean on like an understanding like what you're saying level. I mean the words you used. You're just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that was cool. Like that kind of. Way. Excellent. I'm glad you enjoyed it as much as I did. Apart from the ABBA part, I agree with all of it. But like, you know, <laughs> we, won't, we won't get to that. I I prefer being okay. friends with our guests. Okay, all right. <laughs> and everyone you know. And everyone I know, because I seem to be the only single person that dislikes Abba slightly. Uh, the, the only single person or the only single person? No, the only single person, yeah, my, yeah, my right. friend really does. You see what I mean? Because otherwise I was going to say maybe there's a connection here. It started like an Abba. Who <laughs> wonders if you love it? Oh, you may be onto something here. I feel like this is yeah. just a life coaching session. <laughs> oh, I've, I've now just got ideas of Frank just sitting there listening, watching Mamma Mia over and over again. <laughs> oh, you see, now, nah, well, now I hate Mamma Mia, but it's, oh, but that's, I, I, don't, I really don't get along with musicals generally. It's just like there's drama and then there's songs and like they're different things. And like it's just, it, it just still, it boils my piss when you're watching a film and somebody asks someone a question and they go, well, and start like doing backflips and shit. It's just like, it doesn't, that's not how life is in my, in my experience. Maybe I live a boring life. I don't know, but like, yeah, it's All not the realism. Me. Love it. Oh, man. You've got a couple of, like, it's lined up the gathering shows. Yeah, so we're doing a thing like I'm um, uh, just kind of like, I mean, through all of the last year or whatever, I've tried to be kind of proactive about um, just get the fuck on with it. Do you know what I mean? And like, there's part of like the fact that the like the sort of major kind of like power structures of the music industry are slightly reeling and don't really know what to do is something that I regard as a joyful opportunity rather than a hindrance. And it's just like, you know. I, and, and I'm not like I mean you know downloaded and doing their thing and all power to them and they invite me to go to and I'm very pleased about that but just like a lot of people a lot of bands are kind of sitting around and just sort of waiting until it's possible to just go and do another academy tour and like I like academy tours they're fun and I'll do more of them in the future but like for me it was just like let's just find a way of playing somewhere now immediately let's go um so my crew have kind of put together like a traveling outdoor kind of thing and we've got loads of um Loads of friends playing, and we're doing a bunch of shows outside That'd over the summer. Cracking. If the weather holds, yeah. it'll be all right. Um, we are not currently doing any north of the border. Uh, oh, I'm I sad to say. <laughs> I, I get a lot of shit about this on the internet. It has to be and said. Now you're trying to justify it to three Scottish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's because I, it's because I hate. You. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is certainly how some people seem to read it. It's, no, it's it's because it's because restrictions are different or whatever. Mm. I have to, you know, I have to work with promoters to put on shows. I don't literally promote the shows myself. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and you know, I I I have very good friends who do independent promotion in Scotland and they are going to let me know as soon as it's possible to come and play some shows and then I will be there. I can Absolutely. book you in my back garden if you want. Fucking see, you are one of the people I was just referring to <laughs> and uh, that just got agreed um, live on a podcast. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd come. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. It'll be an intimate show. How much are will. Three, there'll be four of us there. The four of us. Um, we can talk about compression. I'll do a set of abacos. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. 
I already agreed. I seen the uh, the gathering shows. I was like, no Scotland dates. Why is there no Scotland dates? And now you said the restrictions. I'm like. Oh yeah, there's a pandemic going on. I completely forgot that's happening yeah. right now. <laughs> well, because you got you. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You guys, things are slightly different with you yeah. guys than it is with us, right? Yeah. In terms of the way it's kind of. I, I'm I'm ignorant of the details of this, but like as I understand it, yeah, things are slightly different. I I think that um you know people on on both sides of the line are keen to get live music back up running again. So I hope oh, we'll make that happen. I see one of one of the last gigs I did before it all kicked off was a Barrowlands show, which was amazing, partly because it was Barrowlands, but it was also it was the first time I had a gig at Barrowlands where I really fucking nailed it. I've played there many, many times, and for some reason, always entirely my fault, nothing to do with the audience or the room, something's been slightly off about the show for me, and I finally fucking played Barrowlands, and it was great. And do you know what I mean? It was just like back of the net. Good, and it was like, ah, yes. Um, and, and now here we are in a fucking pandemic. But I'll be back, I guess, is my ba- point. Barrowlands is my favourite venue in scotland it's just the ground shakes when you hear the bass. oh it's amazing it's amazing but like do you know what i mean like first time we headlined there the crowd was fucking sensational everyone had a lovely time and i had a tuna pedal that was malfunctioning and fucking with my game <laughs> in a way that i'm not sure that anybody but it's, it's the, this is one of the things about being a performer not only do i doubt that anyone in the crowd noticed it it's kind of my job for people not to notice it do you yeah. know what i mean i have to like oh everything's fine it's all great entire internally i'm going fuck that's the... <laughs> um and and like and i just had a few gigs like that over and over again and then i finally had one where that didn't happen and it was amazing <laughs> i was watching on the recommendation of kieran watching the live revival on sky arts which mm. you're featured in and I, yes. I had to pause it and go back to take this quote that you said because i thought it was incredible <laughs> if there were no grassroots music venues, it's not that you wouldn't have stadium uh, stadium and arena level acts. They'd just be chosen by someone like Simon Kill. It's true. It's true. This is the thing. Like, I mean, yeah, it's like there are there are larger spaces for live music, and and I don't have a problem with Simon Cowell does. It's just different to what I do. It's different to my world. And like, I don't. When I was younger, I used to get furious about X Factor or whatever. I think it's a total fucking waste of time because there's not really a massive amount of crossover as to what I'm into and what the people who enjoy X Factor mm. are into. They're different things, and the world is big enough to inhabit to to encompass both and crack on. But it, that's the thing is, it's just like you know, if you want kind of acts at that level who've got hinterland. Um, to pick an obvious example, talking to three Scotsmen like Biffy, do you know what I mean? It's like Biffy came up, Jesus Christ. Um, I, I, I saw Biffy place Hounslow Scout Hut in a roughly 1998 to about eight people. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, they they like they did the work and they developed themselves as artists and as songwriters and as performers and blah, 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 blah. And it's true across the board. If you want people who've got kind of interland and depth and interest to them and then big venues, then they need somewhere to develop as artists, do you know what I mean? And... Um, because the other route to getting there is for Simon Cowell to give you a haircut or whatever it is he does. Um, yeah. We're going to put you together, change your first name, you'll be superstars. Totally. That's basically how yeah. it, That's how this podcast came about. Exactly, mate. Simon Cowell backs all three because my name's not even <laughs> Amazing. You see, that's like Wolf Files come through with their new albums out on Friday. They've, mm. they've built themselves up through... I have I have known that crew for an extremely long time. They used to call me Uncle Frank. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but um, yeah, Ellie used to live in my house actually while I was on tour um, oh. a long time ago. Uh, um, but uh, and they used to be tour managed by my best mate, um, so we had a lot of connections. I am extremely extremely stoked for those guys. They are very very good and they deserved all of their success. Have they been in contact with you since they won the Mercury Prize, or did they go big time <laughs> after it? 
Um, yeah, I think. I mean, they didn't like text me and go, "Hey, we won the Mercury Prize." But like, yeah, I mean, it's the thing. Once what it, it's one of the kind of strangely bittersweet things about if you're a musician, you have a friend who's a musician who then starts doing well. There is a degree to which it's like see you sometime in the future because it means you're both off on tour like forever and you know um no longer will you come home off tour and be reliably able to call them up and say hey let's hang out because they will be on tour themselves and so they should be um but we've we've hung a few times in the in the intervening time i think it's so uncertain about that phrase in there <laughs> we've hung like, well, you know, I mean, I, I can... what do you want me to say, <laughs> Amazing, amazing. Uh, I, slight, I do want to slightly touch on this a bit because one of my favourite bands, uh, I mentioned Tiny Changes earlier, I know you were close with Scott. Yeah. Uh, just like what he was like as a songwriter and as a person, just... Oh, yeah, he was, a, I mean, he was just a, a glorious human. I mean, briefly, like, so in 2008 or nine, maybe nine, actually, I was on tour with an American band called Polar Bear Club, and they said, well, you're from the UK, so obviously you're a big Frightened Rabbit fan. And I said, what is Frightened Rabbit? What are you talking about? And they were, like, outraged that I didn't know who they were. So they gave me uh, Midnight Organ Fight, which I think had just come out. And um, and I loved it. I thought it was a fucking sensational record. I still do. And um, then, like, a, the, a little while later, there was a moment in time when Frightened Rabbit and me were kind of on the same level and doing the same rounds in the states on tour we'd sort of be on the same festival bills the same radio stations and this kind of thing and there was one particular summer where we crossed paths a lot and i basically bullied scott into being my friend um we quite often yeah we we were quite often arrive because i think i'm right in saying we were on a bus and they were in a van which meant we'd arrive at festival sites before they did and so what I do is go and find their dressing room and then just sit in it. Um, then they'd arrive and they'd be like, the fucking English guy's here again. And I'd be like, hi, guys. Um, and, uh, and to his enormous, yeah, well, and to his enormous credit, Scott kind of went, okay. And then we became friends. Um, we then also, I mean, slightly more seriously, we had a, an interesting connection just in the sense that, like, we we did the same thing for a living in a way that very few people do specifically what we do. Like, as in we're both... I mean, Scott wasn't a solo artist, but he was the songwriter in that band. It was mm. his band, you know what I mean? He was sort of responsible for the songwriting and the direction of the whole thing. In the same way that I am with my guys, and we were both kind of transitioned from being signed to indies to signed to majors at the same time. And there's just not that many people who have the exact same pressures in life or whatever. So we would have long, long late-night phone conversations comparing notes about how it was to be where we were in our life and how we were handling things and that kind of thing. And... Yeah, he was just a dude. He was just a really, really lovely guy. Smiley motherfucker, gave great hugs, um, liked to drink, good Lord. I remember one time he came down to, he was living in LA and we played in LA and he came down to the show and we had dinner together and it was lovely. And I said to him, do you want to play harmonica on a song in the show? And he said, yeah, yeah, sure. And he came up, so before the show, all good, a couple of drinks. Harmonica solo, Scott's bobbing and weaving a little bit. Do you know what I mean? He's, oh, he's, oh, is he going to make, yeah, okay, he's all right. Did the harmonica solo after the show. I came off excited to hang with him for the rest of the evening, and he'd gone home because apparently he was disaster pissed. <laughs> my guitar tech, my guitar tech was like, I pretty much sent him home. He was like, um, but like he was, a, he was just a sweetheart. He's just a gloriously kind and gentle man, and and yes, a brilliant writer. And like I was fortunate that um, for a few records there, he would send me. Well, we would exchange kind of 
rough mixes and demos and that sort of thing. I remember him sending me an early version of Nitrous Gas um, before Pedestrian Verse came out, and I called him up and I said, fuck you, man. <laughs> leave, leave, like, leave something for the rest of us. You know what I mean? You son of a bitch. Um, and, uh, you know, he was, he was a remarkable figure. It's obviously deeply fucking awful mm -hmm. what happened um and i miss him very dearly i'm quite keen to think more about what happened when he was alive than rather how that ended yeah yeah scott's always the memory and listen to midnight organ fight it's one of my favorite albums of all time it's an unbelievable writer yeah it's phenomenal but i mean uh, yes i agree I, I think it's really important i like i think that um for me like pedestrian verse is as good like that record is oh, out of sight <laughs> yeah I've, but uh have you got any tours coming up? I know you've got the, the gathering one, but have you got any stages? Yeah, there, there, yes, is, but I'm going to have to be slightly obscure about this because, <laughs> um, uh, to be honest, I have a bad habit of forgetting what I'm supposed to be announcing and what I'm not, and then spilling the beans and then getting in trouble. Um, but it's, an exclusive an ex would be great. okay. Um, exclusive. <laughs> I am wearing a black t-shirt. Um, the. Um, the basically of the gathering's the first track from new record the new record is recorded it's not mixed yet it's going to be out at the start of next year i'm going to tour the living shit out of the entire known universe <laughs> as soon as i possibly can do that between now and then it's going to be more a case of like um getting ready for that i want to do a show in every venue i did a um live stream for over the last year um there's a couple of festival bits and bobs and that kind of thing and you know hopefully some stuff up in scotland and so on and so forth. But yeah, that once the record's out in January, I shall throw my kit bag over my shoulder and wave farewell to my loved ones and hit the road for a long, long time. That'll be you for a while. I certainly so, fucking hope so. So I have this I have this question for you, Frank, and it's slightly off topic of the music thing though, because I feel like that's really formal and that's what we all should be talking about. <laughs> so I do this thing. I don't know if you've listened to our show before. Every day. I don't blame you. I'll blame you if you haven't. Some of it's a pile of shit. Some of it's really funny. Some of it's, I don't even know what it is, right? But I do this thing on mostly at the end of every show, and it's the segment of what's Aiden been eating this week. And since you're our very first guest, I thought I'd ask Frank, what have you been eating this week? Uh, I thought you were about to ask if I was going to guess what you've been eating this week. I was going to say. No, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put you through that shit, man. What have I been eating this week? I mean, in the last year, I've learned last year a bit, whatever lockdown time, I've kind of got a lot better at cooking. I started touring when I was 16 and didn't ever really learn to cook because you can't cook when you're on tour. And then it was like, cool, you're locked in your house. And the only thing that's interesting and every day is what you're going to eat for dinner. So um, uh, last night, I once again cooked my uh, Kung Fu special move, which is uh, a risotto. I cook a mean risotto, nice. yeah. Um, takes nice. fucking ages, but it's really quite good. And I do, if I do say so myself, and like not everything that I've tried cooking last year has been good. <laughs> Let me say that. But um, but yeah, I, I cooked a risotto last night and it, it was all right. We had a friend of mine come over for dinner and it was and he he also thought it was all right. So it's not just me saying that. I keep, the the reoccurring word here is all right. Hey man, that's that's. <laughs> I bet I bet I bet it's fucking class, right? You don't need to tone your cooking. Oh, I'll tell you what, man. Next, when we hang out, I'll cook you a risotto. <laughs> So are you just gonna? Am I gonna come home now, and you're just gonna be in my room one day, and you're just like, wearing Hi. an apron and nothing else? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, it's gonna be glorious. Um, guys, this has been a blast. I've got another interview starting in about thirty seconds. No, so I'm afraid I'm gonna have to b b bust a move.
thank you very much for coming on, Frank. My pleasure. Loads of fun. And uh, hopefully I will see you all in Scotland or elsewhere very Absolutely. soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Take care, man. All the Frank. best. Like yeah, that. look after yourselves. Bye. That was fun. That was fun. He was lovely. He was lovely. He was really nice. <laughs> he, knows how, he knows how to talk as well. Aye, aye. Like, I was going to say, like we said pretty much fuck all for half an hour. <laughs> well, that's the thing is he's doing loads of interviews, so he must just be in that mode. He must just be like, you know, people Yeah, you could tell questions. though, because he was like rhyming shit off. Yeah. Like, bang, 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 bang. bang. <laughs> I think I caught him off guard a bit with the what have you been eating thing. <laughs> <laughs> Came out with this Yeah. Yeah. First guest smashed it. Well done. Just a lump, if you're listening, if you're listening to it, um, I'm going to clean my room for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad there's going to be a Scottish show coming up because I missed seeing him. He spotted Blink a couple of years ago when we went and it was your birthday and I came to yours instead of seeing Frank. Did tell him that when he was here. Talking to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to you. You tw- it was your twenty first. My twenty first. Yes, July eleventh, two thousand seventeen. Did we not see Blink on my twenty first? Frank was supporting Blink. Oh, so I think Aiden's made up for you. He's got Frank to come to his back garden and make a risotto. So <laughs> yeah, mate, Frank's gonna come a risotto and, and play a gig. <laughs> A really intimate gig, all ABBA covers, and then he's going to sit in my sit in my room in the scud with an apron on. <laughs> well, I'm really fucking excited for that. Well, if you get a good result. So, what have you been eating this week? Can we're going to wrap up the episode then? I don't really think I should tell anyone what I've been eating now since Frank's already done it. I think that would just tarnish the good result of that man. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So, what what have we got coming up? We've got Twenty Seven Club. Twenty Seven Club. Got Twenty Seven Club coming up. Um, that's written that's fully written now uh yeah also are we mentioning other acts as well are we doing that other guests no nothing we'll wait we will have more guests coming on yeah (laughs) we'll wait till that's confirmed definitely not we're definitely not not having guns and roses on the show he's he's generally telling the truth we're not We're definitely not having Guns N' Roses on. He's very right with that. We're not having Guns N' Roses on. So uh, don't tune in because you won't hear. All you Guns N' Roses heads. Yeah, be all, so you, disappointed. all you GNR fans, you'll be so disappointed because they won't be here. <laughs> uh, like we said, uh, when Tom Frank Wolfhouse's new album is out on Friday, if everyone wants to listen to that, we can have a discussion next week about Blue Weekend. I'll be listening to it Follow anyway, up. otherwise. Yep. I'll be listening to it anyway. Yeah, absolutely level fast, and that wraps up the episode. I think so, I indeed it does. Once again, thank you for listening. To thank you to Frank Turner. Thank you very much to Frank. Thank, Turner. Thanks for Frank. Thank Frank for coming in and standing in for Lewis. That's really nice of him to <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah, you know, really... sort of... If no one noticed, Lewis is not here. <laughs> Nobody noticed. <laughs> but he was in the intro. We'll find out how that works. <laughs> yeah, and if you notice, I'm not in the intro after I give the intro. <laughs> Let's see how that works. It's the magic of technology. <laughs> yeah, baby. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. We are Better Headphones. This is season two, back from Oops. season one. New logos. So, new logos, new guests, new patter, new banter. Same shit. Every day, every week. So, if, we, if Aiden and Lewis get time. As, yeah, if we get the time to do it. Like how we have to work busy. around their schedule instead of these famous people that are coming on to the show. <laughs> yeah, it's working around yeah. them. It's more difficult. That's exactly why we couldn't, that's why we couldn't get Guns N' Roses.
Yeah, that's why. That's why they're not coming on the show. Definitely not mid July coming on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Cal McCulloch. I've been Frank Carter. I've been Frank Reynolds. <laughs> and we'll see you next week for the 27 Club. See ya! Wow. <laughs>